The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. Welcome into the PFF NFL podcast. Steve Palazzolo here with Sam Monson. We're live on YouTube on a Wednesday morning. It is your weekly bonus podcast. Bonus show. Going to see how, how the people like it. It's a little experiment to see how how much people want more Sam and Steve. Yeah. We're going to keep it a little shorter this week, though. Yeah, we're going to keep we it tight. We're going to hit on some. Week. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to hit on some. Rundown, Steve. This is professional. Rundown right? style, yeah. right? Some hot NFL topics we're going to talk about pff grading and waiting when it comes to uh you know how we do things as far as game situation goes a lot of Steelers talk mason rudolph what should the Steelers do your your favorite receiver we're going to talk about him and his grade mm-hmm. um and then the panthers are they better off with uh which quarterback essentially are they best off with so i left that in there yeah oh okay we weren't going to do that but okay Cut that out. We're not going to do that. Well, we well let's just answer it right now. Yeah, but we have a timer. We've got to keep ourselves on schedule. All right. Quick timer. Now, something happened this week that the people need to know about Okay, for oh. the Thursday pod yes. for tomorrow. What are you doing again? So here's the thing, right? We, you, you, in fact, this is your fault. If you trace it all back to the origins. Usually. You yeah. got me reading the YouTube comments. Yeah, I yeah. was very against that. For quite a long period of time. In fact, almost all of my existence. But you have got me doing it. And some guy said that instead of our, you know, pre-show intro music that we have before we go live, right? Like hold music for the podcast. Instead of that, some guy goes, this should just be Sam singing Irish folk music, right? The next guy came in and said, I would buy Elite immediately if that happened. Do we have uh, confirmation like he's going he's gonna to pay the $199 I said, for it? I am, I am not above that. I will sing... I will come in here and sing the Irish Rover if somebody's going to buy Elite off the back of it. I like to think that you believe in our product so much that you would be willing to embarrass yourself just so that somebody could get a taste right. so that's, of PFF that's Elite. That's what's going to happen. So I then, I then posted it on Twitter. I was like, well, look, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just going to go so we say yes. So let's post it on Twitter. If enough people want this to happen, we'll do it. So I said, all right, do you want to hear me singing the Irish Rover to open the podcast? But we're not just going to go with, you know, 51% yes, because frankly, that's silly, right? <laughs> that's happened in the past to certain places and bad Thank things are right. happening, right? So I was like, look, we're going to need at least like 65% yes in order for me to go with this. The poll, I think, closed at 77% yes. So apparently I'm doing this. Wow. But we decided we couldn't just drop this on people. 
because like nobody wants that. You got to right? tease it. You have to at least know it's coming. Professional right? tease. So tomorrow, the preview podcast will open. Instead of hold music, it will be me singing the Irish Rover. Do you know how to sing? Are you good at singing? I do you have like a secret background where it's gonna like you're gonna actually be good. No. Oh no. Oh, that's even better. Right. I mean, the good thing is the Irish Rover is the kind of song where. The, the version I know the best was sung by the Dubliners and the Pogues, and I don't know the fire. You'll have to send it to me so I can uh, yeah, I don't know prep myself for people. what it's supposed to Well, the, like. I think what we need is Tyler piping me in like the music so I can at least keep on tune, so you'll hear it. Oh, great. Or you'll a, hear me This will be fun. So tune in f- to our next podcast for our week four preview, <laughs> and Sam's going to sing. Alternatively, skip about five minutes of the intro of, next, of tomorrow's podcast. We have podcast. to make it an ad-free podcast so right. nobody's... Alternatively, you know, skip forward a few minutes so you clear my singing in order to get into it. Oh, we're going we're gonna to break records. All right, let's get into our stuff today. Of course, our weekly Stevenson Watch. For those of you just tuning in, the Dwight Stevenson Award is Not the Donald. award for... The best player in the NFL. It'll be our highest graded player, our best player at the end of the season. Not the most valuable. So where are we now? Three weeks in with regard to the Stevenson watch. Three weeks in, the familiar faces are starting to come to the surface. As you predicted. Exactly, right? Two weeks in, they were just, they were bubbling below the surface, ready to explode. Week three, they've started to come to the top when it comes to grading. So right now, the very best graded player in football, I believe, though I didn't actually cross-reference offense and defense. Tom Brady, best quarterback, best grade, seven touchdowns, no interceptions, flying along as old Tom. And a rushing touchdown. 127 years of age, can't slow him down. Yeah, he's been really good on a throw-for-throw basis. It'll get a little bit more difficult against Buffalo this weekend. Um, I do expect Patrick Mahomes to rise up a little bit. He's had a couple turnover-worthy plays Mm -hmm. that'll offset. But people are asking about Mahomes. Why is he not as high with all those stats? I don't think there's... Mahomes is the new Aaron Rodgers in terms of there's no more talented quarterback in the NFL. The things he can do is absurd, and he's doing them on a weekly basis. Yeah. And the scary thing about him is there's negatives in there. Like, he's missing throws. There's some bad plays in there. If he weeds those out for oh, a yeah, few there's, games. There's more. Like, he's legitimately unstoppable at that point. You just forget about it. Pack he's going to throw go for 6,000 yards. He might do. Um who else you got so far on this? George list? Kittle remains. He was on yep. the list last week, I think. He's still playing absolutely fantastically. This 49ers offense is fascinating because they don't have the wide receiver talent that ever, you know, other top or other good offenses have. They've stocked their talented playmakers in weird areas. So George Kittle, um, Kyle Juszczyk had some crazy plays this past week. Like that's where they're strong. And Kittle looks like the guy that's going to take over the mantle of the best tight end in the NFL from Rob Gronkowski, assuming Gronk doesn't get bored and unretire midseason. Yeah, so Kittle's right up there. Brady, how about my boy Dalvin Cook? Right, I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, yeah, that's great. The people, if you thought I was crazy before the season when I tweeted out that Dalvin Cook, when healthy, is is just as good as Zeke, or I said he was better than Zeke or Gurley. I was better. very aggressive. But through three weeks, I look really, really good. Listen, three weeks of football, Here's it is... Thing. You might not be wrong. I know I'm not, not wrong. Not even That's just why look, I tweeted it. Not even just looking good, you know, like, ah, this is this is looking okay, right? I, I, you might be right, like legitimately correct. It's a special running back. He is. As special as you can and be as a running back. We saw in college that he was good enough to overcome bad blocking. There aren't many players that are capable of that. When you look at college, typically great running backs go hand in hand with great offensive lines, and that's when they just wreck the opposition. But Dalvin Cook had a bad blocking offensive line for an extended period of time and still looked phenomenal. So just comparing him to Zeke or Gurley, we've seen Gurley in a terrible offensive system in 2016. 
uh, and, and not having good run blocking or whatever, and he averaged like 3.3 yards per carry. We've literally never seen Zeke in a bad system because he came out of Ohio State where he had plenty of room to run, and he's you know done a nice job with Dallas behind the best offensive line. So we just haven't seen him in that situation, which is why I like Dalvin. Right, and I think the amazing thing is this Vikings offensive line is not playing particularly well right now. They're allowing, they're allowing pressure. They, I don't think they're run blocking particularly well either. But I think this scheme is a perfect fit for Dalvin Cook. We used to think of those outside zone schemes as that was the famous Denver Broncos one-cut runner, right? You head to the sideline, you make one cut, you turn upfield, and you, you bust one, right? Dalvin Cook, I think, it, I think the scheme has kind of moved on. Where, again, NFL defenses, they're just too good to succumb to one cut and done. Like you actually need to be able to make some moves beyond the one cut to, to make things happen. Especially if they're not blocking well up front. Right. So Dalvin Cook is now like the perfect outside zone runner for this scheme because A, he's fast enough to hit those holes when they don't stay open for very long. He's talented enough to get skinny through the hole if it's not a particularly large hole because the offensive line isn't good. And he's able to make insane moves at, you know, with the ball in his hand, sharp cuts, quick moves at the second level to make guys miss. He is the perfect running back for this system, particularly because that offensive line isn't great. So those are a few offensive players on the watch list. How about on the defensive side of the ball? Defensive side, Aaron Donald has worked his way onto this list after this past week against the Cleveland Browns. I, that game, the, the boss and NBC did a great job of highlighting, you know, what a wrecking machine this guy yeah. was. He's got one sack now, which is still in why is Aaron Donald not playing well territory? But the number of plays they highlighted where it was just one man comes through the line, destroys things, blows up plays. He's been doing that all season long. So even though Aaron Donald only has one sack, he's got a ton of pressure. He's got a ton of plays against the run where he comes in and destroys things. He's playing really well. Yeah. So Aaron Donald's there. We've got Khalil Mack, you know, yeah. a couple forced fumbles, you know, uh, helping his grade get up to 90.8. He's got 20 pressures so far this season. And then Calais Campbell. Jacksonville Jaguars had a monster game. He did. His, I left him off the list specifically because his grade is so predicated off that one, one game. game. Right. But it's so. something to just keep an eye on. I'm going to throw one other name in the hat really quick. Okay. Jamie Collins from the Patriots. If you didn't even see his PFF grade and you said, okay, through three games, this linebacker has three sacks and two interceptions, just the raw stats. Those are like when you, at the end of the year, defensive player of the year, you get this linebacker with six picks and eight sacks. I mean, he's on pace to do some great things. Andy's grading at 89 point eight all right i like it so there you go your stevenson award watch stick with us every week we're going to be updating our stevenson award and okay. saying you know who the best players are now let's get into my favorite topic which is terry mclaren oh your favorite wide receiver yeah what also, was our now my favorite topic you know we've been taking questions yes and the people wanted to know about terry mclaren they did it was just a general you did know did you ask that was this your burner it wasn't no it's not my burner though i might be resort i might have to resort to that you know over time we'll see um, Terry McLaurin is legit. Yeah, he's really good. So they, you know, we exactly what we predicted would happen happened in the case Keenum regressed all the way. Oh, back. he regressed hard. Regressed hard. Yeah, regressed hard. Bunch of interceptions. Bunch of terrible plays. Turnover worthy plays all over the shop. Um, this was what was coming. You know, you, if you listen to the show, which obviously you do, um, you know, we said this is this was coming. He made a bunch of turnover worthy plays. They just weren't punished yet. Going up against that Chicago defense, this was kind of inevitable. But despite that, Terry McLaurin catches six of eight targets for 70 yards and a touchdown. And the touchdown was a really nice play. Oh, yeah. He sets up his man, gets inside leverage, He's then smooth. makes a really tight contested catch, holds onto it, no, holds onto it in such a way knowing that he was heading towards the ground face first. 
You know what I mean? That's not easy to do. Yeah. Your automatic instinct is <laughs> things go wrong when you are falling from a height face first into the turf, and yet he was able to hold on to the ball, maintain possession. He's now got a touchdown in every single game. He's got five or more catches in every single game, and he's got 50 or 60 or more yards in every single game. Those were the kind of – that was the kind of streak that Antonio Brown went on forever until it finally got broken when Roethlisberger went down and Landry Jones became the quarterback. Just kind of showing up every week. Right. It was that just permanent, consistent production that every single week he's the guy. And he's unquestionably their number one receiver right now, and teams are still not able to slow him down. You know, you know what I like? So from a grade standpoint, he's number eight in the NFL, 82.9, and he has three drops on, on 24 targets. Right. Usually if you have that many drops, it's like, all right, that's going to crush your grade. So he's so efficient elsewhere, tied for fifth with 13 first downs slash touchdowns, has the three drops, but still has a passer rating of 141.8 when targeted. Right. And he's been so efficient on his other plays that he's grading well. Yeah. I mean, I think whatever about how the season it looks like it's going, given what just happened, um, but you should be really excited about him. I mean, that's he is he looks absolutely legitimate. Case Keenum's pass rating is forty points higher than his overall pass rating when targeting McLaren, which yeah. means it's significantly higher than even that when targeting anybody other than McLaren. I haven't done that math, but let's just say it's forty points higher than his overall passer rating, which is huge. Yeah, it's a huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. So you love McLaren. I love McLaren. I, I think I think this Ohio State system causes guys like him to get completely underrated, right? Him and Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Michael Thomas. It overrates the other guy. So they have they have a system that sort of has this gadget receiver. I got you. Yeah. That that looks spectacular because he gets all the jet sweep plays, all the kind of dink short stuff that puts those guys in space, makes them or helps them take advantage of their athleticism and their their run after the catch ability. So. Paris Campbell was the guy everybody loved because he goes to the combine, he runs a 4-3, he made all these spectacular plays, and when he turned on his tape and watched his targets, he legitimately like didn't run a wide receiver right at all. And when he did, it looked horrendous. Like right. he, looked, he looked like he was counting the steps as he was running. Like It looked terrible. But everybody was really excited about him because of what that system made him look like, um, plus the 4-3 speed, obviously. But then the other guy kind of gets overlooked because the, the, the star becomes that gadget player. And the guy that's just playing wide receiver kind of gets a little bit cast into the shadow, doesn't get as many targets as he should. So Michael Thomas came out and was dramatically underrated, was a first-round talent, went in the second round. Terry McLaurin comes out, I think was a first-round talent, went in the third round. Um, I mean, I was telling you through the Senior Bowl, this guy was the most impressive player at the Senior Bowl kept making plays no matter who he was up against. I thought he looked as good as a lot of the first-round players and yet drops. So I think people should start paying attention to that system and looking at the wide receiver that's playing the position that gets overlooked. Well, I think the way we isolated Michael Thomas is we started um, for those couple of years really tracking uh, route running away from the ball and really isolating on that. And Michael Thomas was spectacular there. And McLaurin really caught our eye at the Senior Bowl when he had a bunch of one-on-ones and you got mm-hmm. to see how he runs routes, which, again, we keep coming back to route running and the ability to get open. That is the thing in the NFL. So that's how McLaurin's doing it right now. Okay, so let's just answer that Panthers question really quick. The question was, who are they better off with okay. at quarterback? Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, or Will Greer? This is a tough one. Do you have an answer? Kyle Allen or Will Greer? I mean, Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, oh, well, or Will I Greer? Mean, it's kind of going to sort itself out, right? Because it sounds like 
Cam Newton is dealing with a Liz Frank injury. Yeah, but like, just going to put him out for a serious period of time. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you will have a better idea of what exactly Kyle Allen is. Um, you know, right now, he looked spectacular coming out of that game. He looked really he was, good. He was really accurate, which is the single biggest thing that Cam Newton isn't. Um, but I think it also just sort of showed how, um, how much of a drag factor Cam had become on that offense when he's not playing well. Um, so Kyle Allen played well, looked really good, but we don't know if that's going to continue. So then I think by the time Cam Newton's ready to get back, we'll have an idea of what Kyle, whether Kyle Allen is a legitimate threat to him. And then Will Greer honestly looks so bad in preseason and the senior bowl that I think it's it's de- it's long-term development time for him. Yeah, so he definitely looked poor. I mean, I, I just look at it the same way we look at the Steelers thing. Might not be good for this year, but having a long look at Kyle Allen or eventually Will Greer if he does get in there will help you understand some stuff, have some extra trade value. I don't know that you're going to... Kyle Allen's going to have to go on a serious run. Right. To, at the end of the year, be like, it's Kyle Allen or Cam Newton. I think it's Cam Newton. I think the Panthers are at this point where they have to start thinking, draft the next quarterback, or look for the next quarterback, and Kyle Allen, you get to evaluate him. The more interesting question around Cam to me is, should he take like a year sabbatical? Say, look, if I want to actually... style? Right. If I actually want to play deep into my career... I need to take an entire year off, get 100% healthy, and come back like actually in the same condition that, I'm, that I should be playing in, as opposed to, sure, I can get back from this Liv Frank injury, play another few weeks, you know, not 100%. It's just every single year, it's, it's, he's, not, he's clearly not 100%. And the longer he plays like that, the worse he's playing. I, I just think you, you either need a completely clean break or he needs to dramatically modify his playing style. Interesting theory. I don't know if it's the way to go, but it's something that probably needs to get discussed, I think. Yeah, I don't think it's that crazy. Um, yeah, I would say alter your, get alter your playing style. Mm-hmm. Maybe just throw a million passes and get that short area accuracy better. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Could do it. All right, let's wrap it up with uh, some Steelers talk. We had multiple questions. What do you think of Mason Rudolph? How much should the Steelers panic? And then a question about Minka Fitzpatrick So, um, and how he played in his debut with the Steelers. So there's actually a lot to unpack here. They also just traded a fifth round pick for Nick Finette as a backup tight end. Yeah. Cause Vance Jose or Vance McDonald rather is uh hurt, but so they he- said it's not even necessarily because of him. They're like, Hey, we just, we just need better tight end depth. Mm. So the, the Owen yeah. three Steelers are still playing it right legit now, here. So Mason Rudolph was really bad last week. He was not good right now. <laughs> there's a bunch of teams that are 0-3. The Miami Dolphins could actually have the number one and number two overall pick. That's like, crazy. If yeah. your logic I was, think it's early, but... Oh, it's definitely early. Look, the Steelers are probably I mean, going to win some early. games. They're too talented not to, but the that game was a massive indictment of the decision to trade that first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, and it had nothing to do with Minka Fitzpatrick. Like, yeah. regardless of how he played, the this the like the PR line that came out you know the part the official party line was we had a first round grade on mason rudolph when he came out we thought he was a first round quarterback which isn't absurd because so did we right i don't hate that as a concept but the idea that that was the reason so he's our first round pick next year we already have him he's here he's in the building we don't we don't need a first round pick that is the worst reason this is our first round pick yeah that is horrendous decision making right right because Okay, fine. You had a first round grade on him, but look what just happened. So you have no idea if he is the 
capable starting quarterback going forward. You might need a quarterback. This is the thing, right? We may get to the end of this season, and the ultimate takeaway from the Pittsburgh Steelers is we desperately need a quarterback, probably in the first round. And you just traded away that pick to get Minka Fitzpatrick. So let me. No, let me, it's just bad. Let me make a parallel to that, too. Every time Khalil Mack forces a fumble, and Khalil Mack is a great player, you see the tweet, oh, imagine trading Khalil Mack. Imagine how stupid the Raiders are for trading Khalil Mack. Let's set aside what they've done with the picks since that point. But we keep making the point that a pass rusher's value is high, but not as high as other, other people's uh, other value. And trading Khalil Mack as opposed to paying him is not the craziest thing in the world. Because when you get that first-round pick, it's not about the player necessarily that you get in place of him. It's also what you can do with that. So the value of a first-round pick is so immense. Now you're the Chicago Bears. And if they're honest about their really, really nice roster, they have to say, look, the only thing that might be holding us back is quarterback. Yeah. So if they if they had that assessment, the same way the 2017 Jaguars should have been like, look, our defense is really good. We we managed Blake Bortles all the way to the AFC Championship. If we upgraded here, that'd be smart. And they waited a year too long. If the Bears, if people were truly getting quarterbacks in the building year over year, the Bears would have had a first-round pick last year. Maybe they're thinking about quarterback and saying that could be our weakness instead of, okay, we have to go in all in on Trubisky. You plus, don't have to go all in on anybody in today's NFL. Keep getting quarterbacks. Well, plus it just, it don't don't limit your options like that, right? Okay, let's say... Let's say you think, look what the Cardinals did, right? They drafted Josh Rose in the first round. They were seemingly confident that he could be the guy going forward. Right. And then it wasn't even as if they had written him off at the end of last year. It, the, well, maybe it was, but their, their logic at least is that we took a look. We weren't even looking at quarterbacks. We kept seeing um, Kyler Murray from other tape and wow, this guy's special. So, okay, we have a quarterback that we have confidence in, but this guy, he's just an upgrade. He's a generational talent, as they say. These guys don't come along very often, and we have an opportunity to snag him. We have to take it. We can't pass up that opportunity because the position is too important. Now, if you're the Steelers, maybe you did have a first-round grade on Mason Rudolph, but what if you you end up in a position with a stupidly high pick next year because things unraveled around him, and suddenly you have a chance at like Tua, and you had him graded way higher? Like that's that could be a thing. Sure, you might be you might even be happy with Mason Rudolph. Maybe he plays okay the rest of the year, but if you find yourself in a position where you can get a guy that you have graded better, why would you throw that away earlier in the year for a safety? Here's, I think, the way to look at it when it comes to quarterbacks. In the past, we've said, hey, you drafted Blaine Gabbard in the first round. You drafted Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel. We look look at all these busts and say, LOL, you idiots. You missed on the quarterback. So I want to change the conversation a little bit and say there's value in getting a look at the quarterback. There's value in getting a look at him. Even with the Giants, with Daniel Jones, who we said was a day two player, they took him in the first round. There's value, even if it's we thought he was overdrafted. He looked pretty good so far. There's value in at least getting a look. I think the Steelers played it well. They had Josh Jobs in. They got a look at him. There was a chance he could have been really good. You know, he ends up being, he's a, he's a pretty good backup, and then they flipped him. Mason Rudolph's the same guy. Now for the Steelers, no matter what happens with Big, Big Ben, there's, they're going to need a quarterback for the future. There's going to be value in that first round pick and getting the next quarterback in the building. And you also don't really have a choice. Like, you have to, if you need a quarterback, you have to take a quarterback. And even if you're not in a great position to do it, you have to swing the, you have to swing the bat at something. Got to keep swinging the bat. Right. So, okay. so yeah, having Minka as your first-round pick when you're, you could be a 
five and 11 team, a four and 12 team, it could look really bad and for them and really good for the oh, Dolphins. This is like Immense, a perfect tank job situation for the Dolphins. Incredible for the Dolphins. Um, as far as Minka on the field, he had a good, not great grade. Mm-hmm. He had, um, we just talked about Jamie Collins and all of his, you know, statistical plays. Yeah. Minka had a pick mm-hmm. and a forced fumble. Yeah. Really nice forced fumble on an open field tackle. The pick was tipped right to him. You know, whatever. That's also not really got on him. Hip tossed spectacularly by Kyle Juszczyk after yeah. the catch. Like he went flying like airborne. The kind of thing that would happen, you know, if like you, you tossing a small child is what it looked like. If you just if you, you snap children. one day. Finally, you know, a little toddler walking by your feet and just went, Whoosh. that's that's basically what happened to Minka. <laughs> he missed two tackles. So that has been the issue. So yeah. Steelers fans, if you want to keep an eye on what needs to improve so far through a season plus three games, he has 18 missed tackles. I tweeted out the other day. He only had nine. Right. That was one of his missed career. tackles. And the term missed tackle, I don't think does that play justice. Generous. Yeah, it's a generous term. So overall, 65.4 grade. It's about dead smack in the middle. Um, tackling grade of 41.7, which again has been uh, the issue for mm-hmm. Minka. Um, do the Steelers panic? Like, what, are they? Yeah, well, I don't even know what, what panic means. I mean, do you just give up on the season? They're you not just, giving up you on just the sit season. there in the building. <laughs> you got to go play football. I mean, they have to be worried looking at how Rudolph played last week. They, you know, however reasonable he looked the week before, and it's like, okay, we can get through this. He'll develop as the year goes, we'll get better, we'll be okay. He was bad last week. Like he, he would last week would have eroded any confidence whatsoever you had in him being the guy going forward. Now so, it's not saying he can't bounce back, but you cannot be confident in him anymore. All right, just to wrap this thought up really quickly, how much do we put into the so the Forty ers defense have the number two coverage grade mm-hmm. in the NFL so far? They've played they played Tampa Bay, um, they played the Steelers there with Rudolph. Who they play week two? Now I just lost my train of thought with the Forty ers uh Cincinnati yeah yeah so go. is it because they played Jameis Dalton in a new scheme and Rudolph we right. always say that the defense is dictated by the offense or are we going to look back at this and say well it was tough because the Niners coverage units right. been much improved I think the 49ers generally to me are still a I don't know team I, I don't have the answer to that yet we just need to wait and see oh great so there you have it thanks it's great content great content um wait and see guys on the 49ers so I want to do Answer this one question quickly, and then the other thing I want to do is we have this live chat going. I've decided that we should integrate that into the show. So oh, we'll do that right at the let end. Let me pull that up. This question, um, I have a thing I want to talk about already. You don't even need to worry yourself, Steve. I got it. I'm under oh, control. Oh, oh, just take it from here. I'll just... So we got a question from Dave Fortenbaugh, maybe? Yeah. Uh, are plays graded by PFF with any kind of weighting system based on the effect the play has on the game? I'm thinking the sort of the... Uh, I don't even understand that sentence. Late that is, game, does PFF tag play with down distance yard? Yeah, yeah. So down and distance, what kind of impact does that kind of stuff have on grades? So down and distance has an impact on, you know, like picking up a first down is more, more valuable than picking up eight on first and 10. So right. the, I would say down and distance only has value in that the offense is trying to achieve first downs and the defense is trying to stop that. Yeah. So that has an impact on how we grade. We grade, right? we do situational football is important situational football so we grade things according to the situation however in isolation a 10 yard out on first and 10 is not different from a 10 yard out on third and 10 all things all other things being equal but even on like the offensive line say you know the same block will have a bigger impact if it's third and one you generate enough movement to get the running back through that gap than it does on you know first and 10 where you essentially get there's no gap at the line right 
the running back plows into that, gets half a yard. It's a failure on, you know, second and five, but on third and one, that's enough to get that guy the right. first down. It could potentially get you a positive for that crease. Yeah. So we're isolating the player as much as possible. And then, yes, we're not just like, well, Daniel Jones, game-winning touchdown, let's make it a plus two just because it was a game winner. We give right. some late game adjustments here and there. The context comes in when you go back and say, okay, what was Russell Wilson's grade in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. which is really, really high all the time? What was Tom Brady's grade on third down rather than inflating the third down? The context comes from when you break the grade up by situation. So can I now dive into the uh, the chat room and give you some give yeah. you some insights? So Fresh Stacks 228 says, okay. you guys have been wrong on more than half the games. The bald guy acts arrogant and says some of the most rude comments. His job needs criticism. He sucks. So oh. first point I would I'll make. I'll criticize you. You do. First point I would make is we haven't been wrong on more than half the games. I'm like 30 and whatever it is. No, on the 65%. Record. Right. I saw the record. Uh, the next guy replies, this is super guy. I assume that's supposed to be pronounced. Sam is only 80% bald. Don't disrespect him like that. Eighty percent bald. I mean, you're eighty percent hair right now. I'd say. I mean, isn't? Well, I think that's what the point he was making. Oh, okay. I, you're, you know, you're an eighty percent of a full head of hair. Yeah. Once you get to like real eighty percent bald, like just make it a hundred. Oh yeah, dude. Like I'm, uh, I'm eighty percent bald or eighty percent hair, whatever way you want to put it. I'm already on the borderline of taking it all off. Like yeah. it's, I'm already right there. Like it's, it's, it's not good. Why do people? Uh... Oh, so this says Shannon has zero clue about PFF grade. And he I'm meant over there. skipping Shannon. Yeah, though. I'm over I there like poor Shannon Ford say, over here. I was I like, mean, what did Shannon do? You know, she's new to the company. It turns know? out it was uh, Shannon. Shannon skipping Sharp. Shannon. Arguing the same thing right now. All right. So we're uh, out. We're done. We I don't wrapped love, it up short. I don't love that there's crossover between Skip and Shannon's audience and our audience. Not going to lie. Well, why don't you tell the people about it? You can get in the chat room and tell them. It's not that I don't like you guys watching Skip and Shannon. Just, um, just don't do it. Just watch us. Much more intelligent over here. Yeah. I don't, we'd, we Tell don't, Skip and Shannon I said look, that. We're not judging. We're just saying don't ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys. This is great. So we're out. But tomorrow, we'll be back with me singing the Irish Rover. So frankly, that's what you need to tune in for. We're going to set podcast records Thursday, week four, week four preview, plus Sam singing. See you guys tomorrow. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did go check out kyler murray and his nfl debut that's my favorite thing about nfl game pass you can go back and watch at any time and if you haven't watched a condensed game yet you have to try it out it's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire nfl game in the fraction of the time it normally takes it's how i'm able to follow all the mvp candidates all the breakout stars and of course your waiver wire pickups all season long to see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at nfl.com slash pro football focus NFL.